the evening of September 21st. That's what they say on that song. Really? Yeah. Coach Joe pointed it out to me last night. I had forgotten, but at the very beginning of the song, which I guess we didn't have in there. Uh, yes, it's actually the night of September 21st. We'll have to load it up Deep and play cuts. it again later. Deep cuts. Impressive. Right? Yeah, who knew? Coach Joe. Coach Joe was, uh, was texting me last night. It's Cofield and Company. Steve Cofield. Adam Hill back in our Finley Toyota studios. It's Ari. Big day. Lots of injury talk around the National Football League and college football and coaches and the media getting all pissed off at each other. More Derek Carr is awesome talk. Wow. Our good friend from the AP, Josh Dubow, must be bristling, just just shaking with anger, the Arthur fist, getting ready to send out more malicious facts to piss people off. It's my favorite guy on Twitter. He's great. I, I had dinner with him on uh, Is that right? Yeah. Was he paying attention or was he just looking up numbers the whole time? Was he doing research on the menu? You know what's funny is like he does look up a lot, but he also just has a lot. So I know, you know, we were sitting there and it was like, you know, ah, you got to come up with something negative for this? And he's like, oh, you mean blah, 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 blah. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> Did you break down the menu with him? Did he just ruin the whole menu for you? <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be great. <laughs> right. Just bad numbers on everything? Yes. Oh, oh, the taste actually, the taste ratio to calories is not great. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for ruining He's actually very fun. Really? Yeah. Wow, that would, be, that would be a shocker. To a lot of Raiders fans who are very tuned up all the time at certain media members, uh, you included, you included. Sure. I saw someone, uh, someone on Twitter paying a compliment to Raider Nation Radio and Q, and they were like, "Can't stand local radio." I saw that. And then too. you guys came along. You guys are great. I wanted to chime in and be like, "Wait, what? Huh? What's going on here?" Yeah, I saw that. Too. <laughs> I actually had a, a response typed out and decided it? it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it was. I, I figured I'd be a smartass, but I was like, nah. We'll let it go. There's plenty of other things we can smart asses on, including Monday Night Football, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. Uh, the real story of Monday Night Football. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. But that's in five minutes. Well, we have a big soccer game, do we? How big is this crowd going to be? Are you going tomorrow night? Uh, Seattle Sounders? I'm still trying to go. I have a couple of friends that have tickets already. They're like, are you going to go? I want to. I saw your paper pitching $29 tickets, like $29 tickets yeah. available at Allegiant, which, you know, obviously UNLV's slightly pricier, and then uh, the Raiders are through the freaking roof. So if you haven't been to the stadium for any sporting event, soccer tomorrow night. And hopefully the Sounders fans are traveling. They're, you know, they're fun. They have a good time. I hope they do. Um, Going to need it to fill up, you know, fill up a good portion of the stadium. But they, because they have games at uh, whatever their stadium's called now, whatever the new sponsor is. Yeah. Quest Field five sponsors ago in Seattle they they'll they'll do some alternate games the soccer team will be there and they get they'll get 40 50 thousand yeah. at the freaking football and they stadium. do like the whole parade they walk to the game with everybody together it's it's a whole cool thing I like that um but yeah I hope I hope that their fans are here it's it's gonna be listen it's gonna be a, a good game it's not certainly U.S. versus Mexico uh, from the Gold Cup final uh, but yeah it's another opportunity to go out into the stadium it's a good chance to go out and see soccer uh, I don't think the crowd's gonna be massive. Uh, so, you know, if you don't like crowds, if that's what's kept you away from the stadium, maybe this is more. It's not like it's going to be empty, but, you know, it's, more, it's not going to be like jam packed like some other events. We will get to some of your favorite topics, especially when you feel like you're looking good, like Josh Allen a little later on. Um, Still early. Somehow this market is always fired up on this show to talk about Urban Meyer. He's in, he's a fascinating character. Still early. Started with the buffoonery of bringing in my guy, Tim Tebow, and uh, my other guy, Trevor Lawrence, who I cried over when the uh, Jets blew their draft pick, 
by freaking beating the Rams and then winning another game. Uh, Jaguars Twitter, apparently. Is Herb, is Herb and I running it? What's the uh, the foolishness going on on Jaguars Twitter? I don't know what's going on. First of all, they, they posted a very, like, what I would consider to be college message uh, after yesterday or after Sunday's loss. What was it? That was a hang. One of the, it's like a, basically a hang in there. You know, the, the hang in there posters where yeah. it's like, you know, you got the, the little animal like hanging onto a branch and like, hang in there, everybody. Like we're still trying and we're getting better. Why? What's the point? I don't know. We're adults. The most, most of the people who are following the Jaguars are adults. And I got to tell you, I think that actually backfires on you when you're like, we're going to keep trying. And people don't want to hear that crap. Just, right. just go try. Go All in. Right? You don't need to. You don't need to. You know, send out a message of uh, pick your chin up. Go no, in. You pick your chin up. You're the ones who are losing. Right. You guys hang in. I there. don't need the pick me up speech. We're gonna be mad because that's how we're gonna roll. Uh, somehow, I don't know. Their Twitter got worse because the Atlanta Falcons Twitter account sent out a similar message to their fans. So the Jaguars do it. It's ridiculous and stupid and, and infantile. The Falcons kind of, I don't know if they stole the idea or just had a parallel thinking moment of, hey, we're also going to post a hang in there, everybody. We're trying, we're trying to come around. And then the Jaguars retweeted it. Please don't, please don't tell me they accused them of stealing their material, their great material. <laughs> they posted a quote that said, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, fam, just switch it up a bit. So, like, because it was a different quote, they're like, "Hey, these stole our work, but but changed the changed the words like a like a kid stealing homework." Okay, stop it. Clear the decks. Knock it off. The old VGK Twitter guy who was a big <laughs> smartass who got all full of himself and then got too full of himself and got fired. Is he working in Jacks or Atlanta? It was still ridiculous. That he got, he got that guy was your buddy, wasn't he? Uh, no, okay. it actually wasn't. But. I mean, you know, what he did is not anything. It was nothing egregious. It, for Just to go back on, on what happened, uh, the Twitter account got very, very famous before the team did with the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, yeah. And there may have been some jealousy inside the building. So they got him. Of, hey, why are people talking about our Twitter account and not our team? Oh. And one night they had a big win, and he had had a, you know, a tweet before the game, if people remember it. It was, you know, he used the names from Ted – all the females that Ted had uh, uh, gone through. That, was that the whole, the Boston got all mad at him? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the internet was, the internet was thrilled. The Boston was mad. Why are you saying our players have girl names? It wasn't that it was oh just God. a quote from Ted. And there was people in the building that said, wait a minute, we had a big win last night. Why is the entire internet talking about our, our Twitter feed? And that's what happened. It was, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's stupid, but um, yeah, this, this is just stop it. Be, be adults. Also trending at three uh, fans and media combining to uh, now officially run Ben Simmons out of town. <laughs> yeah. So good for you. Sixers fans as you've now completely blanked your team. And now in the end, it's Ben Simmons making the decision, yeah. but the reaction after Ben Simmons didn't play well in the playoffs, you know, passed on a freaking layup you know, with a kick out. And then, <laughs> you know, was like, uh, you know, two of 85 from the free throw line. The, the the Philly reaction, typical Philly reaction. Right. You ran him out of town, and now you're not going to get anything for him relative to what he's worth. Stupid. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, fans are fans. Will so they, you, will you they can't, play hardball? You, you, can't lecture, you can't lecture fans, you know, and tell them to dial it down it's just the way they are, but now it's, it is going to backfire on you. Like, all this passion is going to screw you over. And, yes, the Sixers did ask for a lot. They asked for the world. But now, and now Ben Simmons is like, hey, you want to trade me? I'm done. I'm not, I'm not reporting. I'm out. Trade me. Will they? 
I mean, they have leverage here. Yeah. How much of a loss is it to say, okay, sit? So pull a Deshaun Watson with him? Yeah, I mean, at some Minus point. Minus all the allegations? At some point, won't Ben Simmons say, okay, I guess I, I need to play? If you really want him. I mean, well, because. It's kind of what you have to do, isn't it? Rather than take, you know, 10 cents on the dollar. Well, you're asking for the moon. You don't get it. Now Ben Simmons puts himself in a position where he his value has gone down nice. even from where that was. He's not going to report to camp, and he says he's done with the Sixers. Yeah. And so now teams are like, well, you have to trade him. We're not going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. We'll take him if you want to hand him to you us. Get, you want to unload him on that contract. But you're essentially they were asking for, like, two recent first-round picks and three future first-round picks. Like, five first-rounders, basically, for Ben Simmons. They weren't going to get it. That's what they're asking for. Now what do they get? A future second? <laughs> you, I think you just keep them. You love the NFL. You love breaking down the NFL. You cover the Raiders, so we do a lot of Raiders. But I think your two most favorite things now of the week are the Manning cast, which we'll get to in the 5 o'clock hour, and Aaron Rodgers' interview with Pat McAfee. <laughs> right. So – we get it after Monday Night Football, and oh yeah, the Packers won. You know, Lions. I thought they could cover the eleven and a half. Didn't happen. They they faded in the second half, and Matt Stafford played like bad Matt Stafford. Dan Campbell blamed it on his offense. So, so it begins. Jared Goff played like bad Matt Stafford. I say Matt Stafford. Oh, I oh I did Matt Stafford. Yeah, <laughs> throwback. Jared Goff played like bad Jared Goff. And Jared, Jared Goff, Goff played like bad Matt Stafford. He was great in the first half. He actually was good, but down the second half, he was Terrible. a disaster. Total disaster. And I can't get I can't get Matt Stafford off of my mind. Uh, so anyway, the Packers win, but the Roger story is great. First of all, he told everyone last week, you know, without saying it again, but relax. Uh, then Jermichael Finley, a former Packer came out and was like, yeah, it's done. He doesn't care. Um, if you think Aaron Rodgers doesn't pay attention to what goes on when his <laughs> name is in other people's mouths and there are narratives out there, you are completely wrong. Um, here's the beginning of the interview. This is a staffer on the McAfee show. I just, I wanted to play this because this is a little inside baseball. When you do sports radio, you'll hear people go a little long on questions and the times that I go long, I'm like, I don't know that I trust this person I'm interviewing. <laughs> right. But generally, you know, you, you, you really should with Aaron Rodgers, just ask a question. He's a brilliant guy. He's not going to give you a one word answer. My God, the, the beginning of this clip. At this point, do you know who's kind of in your corner? Like, do you ever see stuff and it's like, oh, shit, I can't believe this guy's, you know, got something, uh, you know, some sort of issue with me. And does it like piss you off? You know, like I saw a lot of people were saying that, like, you know, you didn't care until the Tanyan throw last night. Like, that's when it clicked. And it's like, oh, OK, we can see he cares again. Like, is it one of those things where that's still just outside noise and you don't give a shit? Or is it like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? All right. <laughs> Also, when you give someone like Aaron Rodgers a, is it this or that? Another, like, Cardinal saying, just ask the question. Sorry, it was a little inside baseball. When we were pulling this out, I'm like, God dang, dude. Just ask a freaking question. So, you know, Rodgers takes it, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's all of it. It's absolute horseshit to give a platform to people who have no idea what they're talking about as far as my mental state and, you know, my focus, my work habits. People that have not been around me, uh, they're not in my life. I don't have communication with them or not in the locker room. I mean, that's that's just that's just it's chicken. You know, it's it's so ridiculous that, that people give get a platform to do this. And it's the same type of people. OK, so he's not happy. 
No. Well, and, it, and, and this is the way of the world now. I mean, I think he was referencing Jermichael Finley and people outside the Packers locker room who are not connected. And yeah, we we and the fans and the listeners love this sort of stuff. It it is radio gold when a former teammate will talk about one of the biggest stars in the NFL, like ooh, oh, Aaron Rodgers maybe has a little problem here. Maybe he isn't always liked <laughs> by his teammates. Everyone jumped on that last week. Oh, of course, and and I you know it's it becomes you can say hey he knows him right. Right, yeah, yeah. and and to to tie it in a little bit, it's it is a it's it's weird because Pat McAfee actually just did kind of a rant last week, uh, while he happened to have had the best quarterback in the league besides Pat Mahomes, Tyrod Taylor, on the show last week. Oh wow! Uh, and he was saying, you know, I don't really care what media people say about a player or anything like that. He's like, if I ever am interested in, in a player, he's like, I will go talk to their former teammates. That's who I go to. Right. Former teammates are honest. They don't, you know, there's really no reason for them to say anything, you know, good or bad in, in there. It's a, f- a former teammate because a teammate right now, you don't want to say anything, obviously, because, you know, they, they could it could have repercussions. But he said former teammates will tell the truth about people. So it is kind of interesting that now it's like, well, former teammates, oh, you know, they might just have an axe to grind. Because what he was saying basically was, he goes, I actually went on a mission to try to find anybody to say something bad about Tyrod Taylor, and I couldn't. And he's like, but former teammates will tell you the truth. So now... He's like, well, you know, former teammates, they don't really know anything. Eh, it's not really fair. It's all about clicks, right, and hits and views. And uh, one second counts as a view. So the actually opinions that are garnering the most attention are the most outlanded. It's not even overreaction Monday or Tuesday anymore. It's overreaction every time a microphone's in your face. Every time you have a single shot in the camera, you get to talk to camera. Every time you're on a panel, it's who can say the most outlandish things. That's going to give you the most hits. Yep. True. It's all Jerry Springer's fault. <laughs> I watched a recent documentary about Springer, and uh, that was sort of the the theme. We were there were a lot of morons in the I don't know when the hell it was when, whenever his run was was like really successful. I'm say like have... eight eight years in, like it's his fault. Actually, he was he was actually uh, this was a dark part of that uh, documentary I watched. He was a lot of people laid the blame of Columbine at his feet. Like <laughs> okay. what? Okay, okay. The, the... of course that was a one off. Sure. Uh, yeah, never happened again. Real, real. Jerry, quick. Jerry, Jerry. On, on an aside, like where Aaron Rodgers is talking about this. Hey, people, you know, people that don't have any don't idea know. are the yeah. ones you're going to to talk. Right. Um, to go completely to the side, though. Have you seen like the Kate Quigley, Darius Rucker stuff, which is fantastic. No idea. What is that? Kate Quigley was one of the people that was at the party with the fentanyl where three people died because the, the cocaine was laced with fentanyl. She was in the hospital in really bad shape. Darius Rucker is her ex-boyfriend, former, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish frontman. She's a comedian. And he has been going around. He's done all these interviews this week talking about, hey, she's doing a little bit better. And we're all praying for her, hoping oh, for no. her. She sent out a tweet yesterday, and she goes, have, have you talked to me? Have you called me? Oh, wow. Like, I was, I was in critical condition in the hospital for a week. Didn't, didn't call me, but now you're doing interviews? Like, shut up. So, I mean, I think this kind of ties in of, like, what Aaron Rodgers is saying just because a former teammate right. like says, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. How would he know? He's I not played around. with hundreds of players. Right, right. I'm not friends and in contact with all of them. And probably if, many of them. If Jermichael Finley thinks I'm in a bad mental state, how about call me? Right. How you doing, bro? Remember, you know, you're doing good. I'm going to go do this interview where I say that you're struggling and you're, you know, you're, you're not in the right mind space, but 
Maybe I can talk to you about it. Jackpot, baby! <laughs> I'm referencing the latest numbers that have come out on the Raiders' playoff chances. Yeah, it's, it's two games in. So what? It's two games in. Settle. Uh, what is it? 538.com? Is that the name of that site? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're at 55%. And then there was... Uh, is it football outsiders? Is that forty nine percent Raiders can make the playoffs? I saw a hello. 60. I saw a sixty. Yeah. All right, playoffs are bust. <laughs> Gruden doesn't make the playoffs now. I mean, it's a virtual guarantee at forty nine and fifty five percent. Expectations have changed. Kidding. Yeah, we we yeah, talked about that yesterday. Expectations yeah. have changed. If you, it's not just that you're two and zero. Like the Broncos are two and zero against two bad teams that they're supposed to beat. The Raiders are two and zero against teams that they weren't supposed to beat. Now that changes everything. Uh, coming back, we're going to talk about injuries around the National Football League, including the Raiders. And, like, where's the updated information here on a Tuesday? Uh, there's a lot of beefs happening uh, in Chicago uh, and in Indy, specifically, where uh, some media members are rising up. I'm not sure they're right. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Rodgers with Jones floating out of the backfield and dancing in the end zone. <laughs> I just think people like to say a lot of and it's nice to come back in here after a game like that. I think that there's even more now than when I started playing. There's so many overreactions that happen on a week-to-week basis. So it's nice to, to come out and have a good performance and get the trolls off our back for at least a week. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Part of 2021, trolls, 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 trolls everywhere. Aaron Rodgers on the way back. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Adam Hill is the company today. It's Cofield. Uh, We'll get back to more Aaron Rodgers a little later on. Nice win last night against the Lions. A lot of injury questions at quarterback. And there's been some clashes now between coaches, organizations, and media members. We talked yesterday about the Bears and, you know, Matt Nagy's like, uh, well, Andy Dalton's the guy until we say he's not the guy. You know, if he's hurt, it's a bone bruise. I've already seen some people report that he's not playing. I don't know where they're getting that from on a Monday into a Tuesday. Uh, but he got into a beef with a media dude in Chicago because uh, Matt Nagy's like, yeah, I'm not telling you it's a scheme thing. And the reporter was like, it's not scheme. And you and I are both like, it is scheme yeah, in that case. It's 150-year-old Andy Dalton versus downhill, you know, run as much as throw guy. Justin Fields. I thought this one was real interesting. I didn't realize the Colts are like, they try to be real secretive with injuries. I guess they have a history of this. But uh, Greg Doyle, who's a big columnist there, because, you know, Wentz has both of his ankles are banged up. Right. So we don't know what's going on, if it's him or Jacob Eason this week. So uh, Greg Doyle, actually, and I like the way he did this. He kind of weaponized the fans and the ticket buyers, which, hey, you know. Uh, he said the Colts have 1.1 million Twitter followers and 50,000 season ticket holders, and all of you can pound sand if you want to know about Carson Wentz and uh, the right tackle. And their injuries. What do you make of that one? Do we do we need to know what the injury status is on a Monday or a Tuesday? No. And it is even is it is it even accurate? Like I don't think coaches know. 
I mean, obviously, that's you got time between games, and there's a lot of that end of the week run up to the game. A lot of guys are clear. A lot of guys are not clear. Well, when you say I don't know if coaches know, I think that's they might not know 100, yeah. percent but they know. Like, listen to what John Gruden said yesterday. We we talked about this. He said Derek Carr is questionable. Things going to play. Josh Jacobs is very questionable. Well, okay, you're, you're quite, both are questionable, but they both sound very different, right? Um, and then there's also days, and uh, you know, I turn back, this back to the Raiders only because you know I'm there every day and I I hear what they do. But John Gruden will say things like, "Yeah, we're still waiting to get some uh, you know some test results back on blank 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 player." And as we're sitting there, you'll see a tweet from like you know Ian Rapport or Adam Schefter that says, "Oh, he's out." You're like, okay, you're not waiting to get test results back. You just don't want to answer the question, and that's fine. Right. Um, but, that, I mean, that's where they are. And do fans need to know? Like, if I'm a fan, I'm sure that you'd rather have information. But if I'm a fan, what I want is whatever's best for the team. What's best for the team is to not let that be known right. from the other team. Look that's, at, the, that's part of the gamesmanship. Look at San Francisco this week. Like, it was, okay, how much more are they going to play Trey Lance this week than they played in week one? How much more are they going to play him? And I promise you, the Eagles spent at least one full day at practice preparing for Trey Lance. You know how many snaps he got? Zero. But why would you say in the media, you know, we, we think we're going to scale back, probably no snaps for Trey Lance this week, and not, not have the other team prepare for that? Like, why? That's silly. I, if, you're a, if you're an actual fan of the team that cares, I think you would prefer to know that your team is doing everything they can to win and not to keep you informed on what's going on. Okay. Well, well, let's bring on the other angle, which I think is important. Gambling. Sure. The NFL partnered officially. Hey, let's hug you. Embrace you with open arms. They've got, what, at least four official books. We're bombarded. Doesn't bother me. But we are bombarded shamelessly with sportsbook ads all weekend long. Should betters not get the information as early as possible? Or I'll go back to what you mentioned about three years ago. When you have owners who own part of sports books, is there something sinister here? Or it doesn't even have to be sinister. And I, I don't think there is, but I'm telling you, they crossed the line, not with the sports gambling, but by allowing owners who bought into yeah. fantasy sites and then they open sports books and they still have equity stakes in these sports books. Yeah, that's egregious. It it's, shouldn't happen. And, you know, I, I don't think people have picked up on it yet. No. I've sent out a couple of tweets, you know, suggesting it. Like, you know, if you're watching the if you're watching the Chargers and the Cowboys and you've got all these weird calls, taunting calls, Justin Herbert sacked. What? What does Jerry Jones book need? Now, I think this is absurd. I don't like I don't believe, you know, there's some freaking grand plan here and it's possible they needed the chargers it is possible <laughs> so like that but you don't but know the, the optics are bad right and then i think people could jump to conclusions like hey what's going on with the injuries how come some teams they used to be you know more forthcoming with injuries i don't you know what actually i don't know that anything's really changed i think it's certain organizations and and then you've also got certain media members who are you know kind of dialing it up and going back and forth with the coach and that coach is fighting yeah and i'll, I'll just i will say like you know I have a you know I have a partner in the in the super contest that I, I make picks with. We refuse to we, we talk about the Thursday game in case we want to play it, but we refuse to talk about any game until late Friday night. 
Yeah. Not even gonna, not even gonna start talking about them. Right. Because you don't know. You know who's playing. You know who's out. Who's in. You get a report on Friday. That's when you have to wait for. So that's you know I think people understand or they should understand that's where you're going to get your best inf- injury information uh, out of the week. But I totally understand it from the coach's side because they're not the ones who signed up with it for all the gambling stuff no. and all the full you know the suggested full disclosure that we're partners. They're out to win games. Of course, they're out for gamesmanship. No, I'm not telling you if my running quarterback is playing or my passing quarterback is playing. That's none of your business early in the week. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. These guys in this locker room are more than just teammates. You know, they're brothers. They pull for each other. They lean on each other, and they challenge each other. And I think that is uh, that is something we're more proud of than anything. You know, we've got a lot of guys that um, enjoy coming in here and providing the extra effort that it takes to have a chance to win games like we're winning right now. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. John Gruden, we really were given a gift from the heavens when it comes to getting an NFL team. You know, first of all, getting a team is amazing for those of us who've been here forever because we're the pariahs, according to the NFL. We get a team, and it's headed up by John Gruden, and then, I don't know, what do we call him now? Money Mark Davis, right? <laughs> now, he's, now he's got this windfall of money. Uh, he's such a fascinating dude. They both are. They both are. And now that the team's winning. So HBO, Real Sports, has a piece coming up on Mark Davis. I'm so looking forward to this. I don't know if they, you know, go back in time and hit, you know, the Dodge Caravan and the haircut and the P.F. Changs and, you know, current times that his house looks like the stadium, basically. Uh, he's a he's an intriguing dude. And he's not he doesn't really speak a whole lot, you know, at, at length. So HBO Real Sports has this piece coming up. Andrea Kremer did the interview with Mark Davis. And Andrea's up with Cofield and Company here in Vegas. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. We're fired up. We love Mark Davis. He's such a fascinating character, and I don't think we really know a whole lot about him. Well, then you need to watch tonight, because there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, I think um, I agree with you. Uh, I've been I've been trying to, to book Mark for, for our show for years, and uh, well dating back to, to the Oakland days, and then when that looked like it was, you know, that they weren't going to be able to stay in Oakland, he didn't want to do anything that could possibly you know, alienate the fans down there, then they, obviously, they get this amazing deal done in Vegas, and, but we haven't done anything yet, and then the pandemic hit, I could, and so finally, I told him, I, I said to him in the offseason, I go, you know, dude, you're running out of excuses here, so uh, finally, he agreed, because he, he never has done anything long form like this, I mean, I, I don't even know if there's even been any profiles done on him now, I mean, he, he talks to the media as you guys know, uh, periodically, um, little news clips here and there, but never, as you alluded to, never anything long form. Certainly, delving into it the way uh, the way I think we do tonight. So, I guess after talking to him, sitting down with him for a few days, and doing this profile, what is your impression of Mark Davis, the man? Well, I I, I find him to be kind of as, as you guys, I mean, I find him to be very fascinating. Um, I was very interested, obviously, in the relationship with his dad, which informs so much of his life. I've uh, never heard him talk about it um, and his upbringing and, and things of that nature. So I, I, I think he is, he is very, very likable. I think that um, that would kind of surprise some people. I think that uh, um, NFL owners seem to... Uh, have this sort of heightened celebrity status for for team owners of, of really any sport. 
But when you think of of the NFL ownership, you know, Jerry Jones first comes to mind, and then Robert Kraft, and uh, and some, you know, many others before you start thinking about Mark Davis. And I think that he's been certainly under the radar, and he hasn't really been taken seriously. But in in my opinion, it's truly been his actions have spoken louder than his words because he got this deal done that I don't think anybody ever thought he'd be able to pull off, especially since it was something his dad was never able to do. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Kramer's with us, uh, HBO, HBO Max, a debut of Real Sports uh, for this month and a conversation with Mark Davis. I love what you said, that he wasn't taken seriously, and that's why this really was a victory, the way the – this whole thing went down to get the money for the stadium. He got shut out of L.A. I'm not even, I wasn't even a Raiders fan, and I remember screaming on the air. I'm like, I cannot believe they did this to the Raiders and Mark Davis. And now you look, and he's laughing all the way to the bank. He can look at the Chargers, and it's like, yeah, the Chargers' value is up, but I don't know that the Chargers are going to be some immense success in L.A., and the Raiders are a massive success, Andrew, here in Vegas. I, 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 I hear you. I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, listen um... – it was interesting because obviously it's a it's a it's a real philosophical discussion to get into the idea that uh, the state of Nevada, that Clark County and and all this is the seven hundred fifty million dollars in public subsidy is the largest public subsidy ever in American sports to build a stadium, and so there's always this philosophical discussion that you have about you know is it. Is that, is that fair? Is it worth it? Wouldn't that money be better spent on social services, on education, things of that nature? So we actually spoke with three economists, um, one of whom, a man named Roger Knowles, an economics professor at Stanford, and he said that this was the worst deal he's ever seen for a city. But he said, don't rail on Mark Davis about that. Yeah. Mark Davis is a businessman. He got shut out of Oakland. He got shut out of Los Angeles, and he's presented with this opportunity. He said, "If you want to, if you want to blame people, you got to blame the state legislators. You got to blame the governor. And you got to blame Clark County, that yeah, uh, the, the county commissioners. But you can't. Um, you know, it, it was really interesting. I was very, very surprised that he said that. But he's, you know, what what else is Mark Davis supposed to do? And I, I've been saying that all along, and it's not a matter of being an apologist or defender for him, but it, but it's true. I mean, he did what any great businessman would do, and and he got the deal, and and they pulled it off, and it was the proverbial: if you build it, they would come, and they came. Yep, and we are reaping the benefits. We have a ton of other events at the stadium. Uh, they had initially projected like 52 events a year, you know, with all the football, and I think they're going to go beyond that. So uh, we'll see how it works out economically. Um, I wanted to go back to your comment about his father. His father was such a freaking force and so aggressive. Does Mark have any of that in him, or is he just a, like the polar opposite of his dad? And I also wonder what kind of effect that that had. I, like, I don't know how he was parented. Like, was his dad like always Al Davis around his around Mark? Uh, you gotta watch the piece. I don't want to cop out on you uh, with, with that, but we we do we do definitely get into that. I think that um, uh, I think that as Mark explains it, he made a conscious effort to do things differently than his father. I mean, look, you you can't compare the two of them. Al Davis was a coach, was the commissioner of the AFL was was one of the great football minds in, in NFL history, and he's a Hall of Famer. 
And Mark Davis knows football, but not to the extent that, you know, that his father did. Uh, as John Gruden points out in the story, you know, the relationship that he had with Al Davis is Al, you know, ate, slave, ate slept, drank, you got it, football, 24-7. And, and he was a real asset to, to Gruden uh, at, at that time before that marriage broke up. But Mark is, is definitely different in, in that way. I think what I, what I admire about Mark is he's the guy who knows what he doesn't know, and he hires really good people and leaves them alone. And that's how the stadium got done. And to this point, that's how Gruden is handling things. That's how Mike Mayock is handling things. So he knows what he doesn't know and, and doesn't try to uh, be more than, than he is. But it was definitely, um, I think... For me, guys, that's one of the most interesting parts of the story because we lay out through stories that Mark tells uh, things that typify the relationship that he had with his dad. And you answer your own question. You tell me the takeaway that you have hmm. about the relationship he had with his dad because I think that it's it's really fascinating and um, and it it definitely informs you know who he is. There's there's no question about it, but. Every, everything, as you guys know, from the stadium and the torch, and everything is, is all about, it's really all about Al. It just is. And um, uh, I think that there's no question that uh, Al was very much on Mark's mind when he created, when he, when he helped design the stadium, he had his input into it. And, but remember, Mark so far has accomplished something his dad was never able to do. Get a permanent home for the Raiders. Now, Mark has to do the thing that his dad did pretty well, which was win. Dad obviously won three Super Bowls. So from a, a bigger picture, looking over this, at you know you coming to Vegas to do this story, you, like us, have, have been following the NFL at a time when you weren't even allowed to say the words Las Vegas on the air. Now we are like the <laughs> darling. I mean, the, the draft is here. The Super Bowl is going to be here. Every right, primetime right. game is here. It's crazy. Did you ever envision this big of a shift this quickly on the attitude toward Las Vegas? Just make money, babe. Just make money, baby. Forget about just win, baby. Just make money, baby. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty much the, uh, the moniker here, right? Hey, listen, four years ago I was in Vegas doing one of the first stories that we ever did, again, for Real Sports, on uh, the impact of the future of legalized sports betting. And at that time, uh, it was uh, obviously the Golden Knights were there. And uh, I really thought that the next pro team that would be there, there were rumblings of WNBA coming into town, but I thought that the next professional male team to come in would be the NBA. I just didn't see the NFL. But, you know, listen, once it became legal and, and the NFL could monetize it, enough said, guys. Uh, but I think what, what, really, what really is a disconnect for me still, as someone who's covered the league for 30-plus years, and you know what, when you have your meetings with the league and you go over what you can talk about and you, you know, you're never supposed to talk about betting lines, and now all of a sudden you know, you've got betting lines talked about, you've got six ads a game for, for betting services. I mean, it's crazy. It just is. It was, it, it was zero to 60 in zero to 60, literally, right? Yeah. I mean, the change came so quickly. But again, you can make money off of it, and uh, it's, there you go. Just like, uh, 
just like, uh, you know, you build it, they'll come. They built the stadium, and here are the Raiders. You open up legalized sports betting, and now it's a, it's pretty much a free-for-all. That was crazy. Five years from now, we'll probably have uh, sports books in the majority of NFL stadiums. Andrea, great spot. Oh, I We're think really it's going to be a le- lot less than five years. I really oh, do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Andrea, we appreciate it. We'll be watching uh, HBO and HBO Max for the interview, and thanks for the time today. Thanks for the interest, guys. Really appreciate it to you and all your listeners. Stay healthy and safe out there. Great to talk to you. Thanks. You too. There you go. Andrew Kramer, HBO Real Sports. I was trying to get more out of the, like, I want to know the secrets. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, you could ask me. I saw it, but I'm not going to say anything. Well, you would never spoil it. No, of course not. I, I, by the way, I'm watching it again. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to watch it. I got it. I didn't watch it. I don't want to spoil it. Oh, yeah? It. Yeah. Huh. It's also, I think, uh, you know, I think that there there's late editing too. I think there's more things Ooh, in, the, okay. in the piece than there is. So I'm excited. Like I, it was fantastic. It's you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of the stuff might have been out there in different you know places. Like oh, if you check out this interview, maybe hear this. Check out this interview, this. But like to have everything together and just that that relationship between Mark and his father and wh- whether he's trying to you know live up to the to the to the expectations and trying to impress his dad even though his dad's gone like it, it's you, all great it's all very good can you tease it creatively in the grab bag at the end of the show by suggesting what Bryant Gumble might have on his notepad because he's always got the questions at the end should we do it on video and then I'll do the whole like I'll look up <laughs> write something look up and then have a question <laughs> <laughs> that might give it away that might give it away okay. all right coming up we're gonna get uh, back into a little fantasy football we'll check in with our buddy Dustin DeHart and uh cover the growing issue around the National Football League, at least for fantasy football players. Who do I start at running back? I swear no one gets the lion's share of the carries on outside of like eight teams. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to Trust Us, presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. All right, let's do it. Trust us. Every week we get into fantasy football, and Dustin DeHart is along with us on a Tuesday. Dustin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm not doing well in fantasy. I have uh, one <laughs> league where we play two games a week. I'm one and three. Uh, Adam beat me last night with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. No shocker there. My team wasn't that good this yeah. week. Uh, yeah. My other, I have another team that uh, I'm two and zero, oh, and I think I've won by like a, a very small margin. Let, let's say like three or four points total. Um, I've barely gotten by. How you doing so far? Yeah, well, I'm three and one in our league, but I, I really should be zero and four. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if Saquon Barkley doesn't turn into Saquon Barkley, I, I'm starting like Sterling Shepard as my uh, flex, and I, I literally have no one on my bench. So, yeah, I'm, uh, Pickups, I'm, baby. I'm squeaking by. Pickups, yeah, my. Yeah, look, yeah, I'm trying to. I put in four waiver claims last week, and <laughs> you guys beat me to all four. So I, I guess it goes from record. So I, I'm i winning at the wrong time because I can pick nobody up. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Just, my other league, I'm 0-2. So, yeah, doing great. Doing great. I know, you're, I know you're a very busy guy, and you have a lot of things going on. You need to start taking Tuesdays off. <laughs> Tuesday is the biggest day in fantasy football world. Is it? I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's waiver day, right? I mean, it's where you start prepping for it. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I hear you. Well, I'm not in 25 leagues either, Adam. Well, I'm down, down to down to 21. Down to 21. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be working all you know, the time. You can never really root for a player, can you? I mean, like last night, I, I know you're rooting for Devontae Adams, you know, and uh, whoever else you had. But I'm sure in eight other leagues, you're playing against them. You know, it's like kind of yeah. takes the fun out of it a little bit. But yeah. Well, Sundays, Sundays you don't check the scores at all because, I mean, okay. You know, you've got every player lose your mind (laughs) every player that scores you have them in like eight leagues and you're going against them in nine leagues you're like all right well it didn't really matter uh but yeah monday (laughs) night you know what's going on and uh, as you know as i was talking to steve about yesterday uh you know that there's a lot of players that you have in a lot of different leagues right where you know that that's a guy like tj hawkinson is a guy i have in a ton of leagues Mm -hmm. i have Devontae adams in a ton of leagues um i my obsession in the preseason was michael pittman from the colts who i have in like every league Hmm. so those guys you know you know even though pittman's not even starting for me in any leagues yet i'm just waiting for him to really yeah he's not handing out so much yeah well (laughs) this week is great eight for like eight eight for like 123 maybe he had a yeah that's right yeah he did um just no touchdowns but yeah you know you know like some guys you have in a lot of different leagues. and i'm sure you have leagues that you're more that are more important in other leagues i assume right oh yeah (laughs) absolutely no question about it well how how frustrating has the running back situation been for you uh, a lot of people are trying to deal with this right now so mm-hmm. many backfields like the the way of the world now in the nfl is split backfields yeah. and you know sharing carries and you know there's a running back and receiving back and all those different things how are you yeah. dealing with this you know adam it feels like half the league's doing this where you know a couple of years ago you know maybe a few teams were were a pain in the butt but it's like it's ridiculous i mean it's almost every single team Unless you're the Browns, right, and you have two great backs that you can pretty much start on a daily basis, I mean, it's it's very frustrating. You know, look, I I was high in Devonte uh, Williams for the Broncos, and you know, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, you guys, but his ADP was climbing up to the second round in a lot of drafts uh, later in the later in the year. So I took a flyer on him both leagues, thinking, you know he'd take over at Melva Gordon and the Melva Gordon scores a 70 yard touchdown against a crappy defense. And now I'm back to square one. So yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's kind of throw a dart. Now I think if you, you know, you drafted Zeke Elliott in the first round, Oh, you got to be panicking a little bit right now. Right. Uh, they used him inside, you know, they used Pollard outside. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think reality's hit where they're like, yeah, we paid him a lot of money, but uh, if we, if we run him, you know, 95% of the time, he ain't going to make it to the end of the season fresh so yeah from a fantasy standpoint i think a lot of people are in some trouble with zeke elliott yeah i mean you know you don't want to cheer for an injury but you kind of do it's crazy i mean <laughs> you know zeke elliott goes down i mean pollard could be a league winner for people you know it's even you know even on the, the guys you draft like besides zeke elliott you know i'm saquon barkley heavy in both leagues you know i mean you know i again i drafted him thinking he'd catch on later you know you know, about week three or week four. So if that doesn't happen, I'm screwed. But even, you know, Antonio Gibson was another guy I was really high on. He doesn't not really lighten the world on fire. It's like running backs right now. It's just, it's, it's it makes you want to pull your hair out. It's, it's insane. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, there's no rhyme or reason on what's going on right now. It's crazy. And it's also why, you know, for people looking in, into the future, why this year, you know, a lot of leagues, the first eight guys were running backs yeah. And people were flipping out and saying, like, well, what, you know, why would you do that? And I, I tried to fade that too. I took, you know, Travis Kels in a, in a couple of leagues in the first round. Um, I took Devontae Adams late in the first round and in a couple of leagues uh, and tried to go against that and say, I'll just get running backs later. But 
There's sure. nothing wrong approach. I mean, it's clear now if there are four or five guys who you know are going to be the 85% starter, like they're worth more now, aren't they? That's that's what I was saying. Yeah, is that is absolutely. that that's yeah. why you know those those guys were going at the top and nobody else was infiltrating uh, that top of the first of the first round. But at yeah. the same time, for a lot of leagues, one of those guys was Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And now yeah. you're like, okay, what's going yeah, on there? Now, me. <laughs> I have the biggest exposure to him. In a, the only real exposure I have to him in is a league uh, that I do care about. And I went into the league saying there's no way I'm drafting him. And then he fell to me near the end of the second round. And I was like, all right, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I have to take him now. Uh, so that's the only one I really have to worry about him in. But, yeah, that's why those guys that get the ball a, a, a vast majority of the time uh, are the ones that are, are going so high. And, of course, guys that catch the ball. Like, that's so valuable um, yeah. because – you know, any guy like receiving backs now, like, you know, guys like randomly Aaron like, Jones, JD McKissick, <laughs> yeah, Aaron Jones, JD McKissick and like Kenyon Drake with the Raiders um, are now, you know, looked at as, hey, this is a guy that you might have to be playing because if you're going to catch passes and you're going to get a PPR, uh, if you're in a PPR league and you're getting a point for every time he catches the pass, now they have to like, at least be looked at as viable options because other guys aren't getting the ball enough. Yeah, and you even look at, like, you know, the no running back theory where you draft, you know, I get it. You draft these receivers knowing they're studs, they're, you know, they're not going to get injured as often. But then you take flyers on a guy like Trey Sermon, you know, who realistically should be drafted in the sixth round, should be more 12th round, you know, and you think you've got, you know, and you try and throw darts at these guys and then they don't pan out and you're totally screwed. However, if they do pan out, you know, you're cooking with some gas there. So it's just, it's a risk. And just, you know, there's, there's a million different ways, theories to do it. But I, I agree. You got to load up on running backs nowadays. And you can, it's almost like you can never have enough, right? Even if you oh, think never. you have a bunch, you have, a, you think you, ha, you know, you're going out of the draft, you have a bunch of depth. And in like week three, three of the guys are out and you miss the waiver wire and you're totally screwed. It's crazy. Talking fantasy football, Dustin DeHart is with us. 577-2600 is the number. What's going on with the mortgage tune-ups and the rate? And, uh, and also, are we starting to get some new numbers on the uh, median price around uh, Las Vegas? Yeah, so that, well, again, last month, we actually didn't go up for the first time this year. Didn't break a median sales price record. We stayed at 405. So my guess is, I mean, the way things are cooking right now, you guys will probably hit about 415 this month. So I'll have those numbers out here in a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's same old, same old. The, the real estate market's cray cray. Rates are extremely low. Did a mortgage tune up for an ESPN listener this morning. We paid off a first, a second, about forty grand in credit card debts, Whoa. saving about sixteen hundred a month. What? So I mean, they're still out there, you guys. I'm telling you, just got to call us. Let's get under the hood of that mortgage and see if we can save you some money or go out and buy a house because property value is only going to keep going up. So let's get you locked in at that low rate. You know, record low interest rate and uh, catch some appreciation wave and go be a homeowner. Dustin, I wish you luck with your pickups, but sadly, I need players too. So sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. All four that I put in will be gone. It's all right. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. There he is. Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. Miles Simmons coming up in about 20 minutes. So we turn our attention to uh, football, 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 as if we haven't been talking about football. We'll get you an update from this morning's practice. Uh, UNLV taking on Fresno in a short week. We'll find out if uh, Doug Brumfield was looking okay this morning. And, uh, boy, Adam is ready to thump his chest uh, with guys in the NFL on both sides of the ball, including a rookie who looked awesome last week. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.